At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling meeting new friends or just even to master a new skill but it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes that's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes where we look back at content from our earlier years, sometimes single stories, sometimes whole episodes. Keep in mind that years ago, people might have worded things differently than they would today. As always, the title of the whole series, Risk, is itself a content warning. This week, a story that Ken Reed first shared on the show in October of 2014. Here's Ken now with a story we call Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Uh, I am a huge comic book fan. I have been my whole life, and people, excellent. Uh, and people are like, well, you probably are so happy in this 21st century where the world has sort of come to you, and everybody really loves comic books now, and it is a living hell for me. <laughs> because people don't really understand the struggles that we went through when we liked comic books in the 1980s. And people say that being gay is not a choice, you're born that way. It used to be that way for comic books. It was not, you didn't discover it, it didn't come around, you were just born liking it. And a lot of times you wished you weren't. And people are like, Ken, I don't know, I, I really like comic books. And I'm like, oh, what do you read? And they're like, I saw the Avengers movie. <laughs> and I'm like, the best we had was the Incredible Hulk on TV. That was it. You saw the Avengers movie, and they're like, well, I like really nerdy things, like I'm really into Doctor Who. And I'm like, oh, you mean a 50-year-long television series that is the longest-running television series in history and the most popular television show in an entire westernized nation? That must be very difficult to like something that obscure. <laughs> People don't understand 
what it was like. We didn't have comic book stores on every corner. I had to take two buses to get to a comic book store. If you wanted a t-shirt with a comic book thing on it, you couldn't go to Target and buy a Ghost Rider shirt. You had to special order it from a comic book store and it came in one size, which was extra large. <laughs> which made little to no sense given the fact that it should have come in two sizes, small and 4X. Those were the people <laughs> that enjoyed comic books at the time. And I've been going to comic conventions for 30 years, since I was four years old. And we did not have things like women who went to these conventions. And for the most part, there wasn't even a lot of children. It was me and then a bunch of middle-aged men. Now, I thought other people would like the fact that I like comics when I was growing up, and it never occurred to me that they wouldn't, because I don't know if you know, but comic books are not sports in any way. <laughs> the first time I had a crush on a girl was in the fourth grade, and I paid her what I thought was the highest compliment imaginable. I said, Courtney, you look exactly like Brett Blevins' depiction of Ileana Magic Rasputin in The New Mutants. Which she did. And she called me gay. I think I could probably use that as a pickup line in any bar in New York City right now, and it would probably be successful. That's the world that we exist in now, and it's not right. The comic book conventions in Boston, where I grew up, were held in a part of Chinatown that at the time was called the Combat Zone. That was the official name on maps. My father would walk with just his hands on the sides of my head like blinders so that I didn't see the neon legs. There was actual neon sign of legs opening that I had to get past to get to a comic book convention. And when you would go there, as I said, it was the only child, nobody dressed up. They just wore whatever fit, essentially. And there was a very unique smell at these conventions. It smelled like people purchased large Italian subs as deodorant. Like they just got a large Italian sub with hots and split it in half and then just rolled it on. That was the predominant smell with a little bit of musty newspaper. And you would go and you would purchase comics and you wouldn't have fun. You would curse your hobby. Like you would buy things and be like, God damn it. I wish I didn't like this, but you liked it. And the best example of this is an incident that happened to me when I was 10 years old. I went to my local comic book store, which was five towns away. I took two buses by myself. And this particular store, the manager of the store was a very large gentleman. And he suffered from a, con well, probably several conditions, including, uh, he was the first person that I saw, maybe the last person that I saw uh, had beard dandruff. Uh, and eyebrow dandruff, which was very strange. Uh, he also had narcolepsy, which is a medical condition in which you just fall asleep for minutes at a time, completely unannounced without warning, and then wake up again. So that meant everyone who shopped at this store used to steal everything. 
So this guy, I mean, as I said, he was very, very large. His T-shirts looked like he put them on when he was much smaller. Like, they weren't too tight. It looked like he was in a body-switching movie. Like, you know how the adult and the child will switch, and then the person who is now the adult has, like, little kids' clothes, and they're too small? That's kind of what all his clothes look like. So he would fall asleep. And people knew he was asleep because his breathing changed. So normally he breathed like this. And then when he would fall asleep, it turned into this. You could grab off the street, just outside of Boston, grab, I don't know, five or 10 gentlemen between the ages of 25 and 40, put them in a room, play this noise, and they would just involuntarily steal everything that wasn't tied down. Like, people trained themselves. When they heard that, they would just grab everything and run. So when this guy would wake up, he would just start grabbing people and yelling, put that back, like some sort of enraged ogre. (laughs) Now, I never stole anything, and I've never stolen anything in my life except for one exception, which I'll get to in a moment. I'm in the store one day on a Saturday to get my comic books. I was buying the new edition of Who's Who in the DC Universe, which is a comic book about comic books. (laughs) That's how into this I was. He falls asleep, kids steal things, they run out the door, and when he wakes up, there are three people left in the store. There is 10-year-old me, a five-year-old boy, completely unaccompanied by anyone. <laughs> this was Massachusetts, so on a Saturday morning, his parents probably dropped him off and were like, we're gonna go scratch off scratch tickets for like four hours. You just stay in there. We're gonna drink uh, iced coffee till we have diabetes. So, he was just in there. He's a good babysitter. And a third gentleman who was a fan of role-playing games. Now, just so you know, the hierarchy of nerddom at the time was like horror movies, science fiction, comic books, way down here role-playing games, and then uh, Kiss fans and adult wrestling fans. They were much, much further on the bottom. The world has changed. So the dirty little secret of comic book stores, which would be a bad title for something, was that they made most of their money selling role-playing games. So all of that stuff was in the back of the store in much the same way that video stores had pornography in the back of the store. Everybody knew that was their moneymaker, but they were kind of hiding it back there. So this kid was back there. And this kid was a full-on teenage Iron Maiden fan. Like, jean jacket he probably made himself. Uh, He had like almost a mustache. Like, it looked like he had a mustache, but then dyed it blonde so people wouldn't notice that kind of mustache. So he was back there. So the guy wakes up and he starts yelling, put these comic books back. I clearly have no comic books on me. The role-playing kid is in the role-playing world and they don't steal anything because they think it'll come back to bite them in the ass in the form of an elf or something. I don't really know a lot about (laughs) role-playing games. And the five-year-old boy. One piece of information about this five-year-old boy that I forgot to mention was that he had a heart condition that required he wear a medical apparatus, a heart monitor of some sort, that was vaguely comic book shaped. Yes. So this guy wakes up and he starts pointing at this five-year-old boy and yelling, put those comic books back. Except it sounded more like, (laughs) 
goes back! Like, he sounded like Ludo from Labyrinth. That's basically... Actually, that's not a bad description of the gentleman. He was very much like an unlovable Ludo from Labyrinth who had been actually dipped in the bog of eternal stench. That's pretty much what this guy was like. So the kid's like, eh, I'm five, I don't know, I don't know anything. So I'm kind of frozen in fear. Role-playing kid starts to perk up and see what's going on. He's yelling at this kid, put those comics back. The kid goes, it's not a comic book, it's a heart monitor. I have a heart condition, it's a heart monitor. They start yelling back and forth at each other. We don't know what's gonna happen. The guy sort of stomps, he fee-fi-fo-fums his way over to this child. He looks down at him and he makes a decision, a life-changing decision. His choice, not the move I would recommend, was to grab this five-year-old child and to tear his shirt off. <laughs> like a reverse Hulk Hogan. Just <laughs> grabbed it and ripped this kid's shirt off. And he had a medical apparatus. He was like a, some kind of cybernetic with wires and a whole thing. And it was, he was not lying. He had a comic book shaped heart monitor on his chest. I was shocked. It's one of the few times I've been shocked in my whole life. The five-year-old started crying instantly because any five-year-old, even one without a heart condition, I wouldn't recommend you test this theory, but if you walk up to a five-year-old and tear their shirt off, <laughs> normally they'll start crying. That's normally how it works. So now it's me, a teenage heavy metal fan, a half-naked sick boy, and an enraged, sweaty ogre. The role-playing kid decided he needed to spring into action. So he walks over and he stares at this guy right in the eyes. This kid probably weighed 18 pounds. <laughs> he stared right in the guy's eyes and the little 12 sided dying in his brain. I could tell that it was rolling. I could tell that he was rolling it to make a decision. That's what he was doing. And it landed on a number. And that number caused him to wind up and deck this large gentleman. And this guy went down. And he went down hard. It was the first time that I realized many cliches are true. I was like, the bigger they are, the harder they definitely fall. Like, and he fell face down face down and I was like he is dead that's what he just killed him because a man of that size could not take he couldn't take the fall as in the season I don't even know if he could take a fall from that height so as far as I know I've just witnessed what could be described as child abuse and a murder that's what I'm pretty sure that I've just seen because I'm not I'm 10 years old I am in no way a medical expert for either of these two things. So now I'm like, I witnessed things I should not have seen. I don't know what's gonna happen next. And now this kid, this role-playing kid, this is like his physical bar mitzvah. Like he's a man now. Like he's just like, he's just like, yeah, I did. I, he was all pumped up and he goes, take whatever you want. <laughs> I'm a very moral person. As I said, I have never stolen anything in my life. But in that moment, 
There was nothing else I could do but take something. That was like, really, I had no choice. So I grabbed an extra large Batman shirt and I got the hell out of there. Now, I will mention, I own over 50 Batman shirts now and I keep purchasing them in a weird attempt to somehow right this wrong. I will tell you that. A horrible traumatic experience. If that happened to anyone, in any type of store, they would never go back to that store again. They would never even think about whatever that store sells. If that store sold their insulin, they would just be like, I'm gonna die, guys. I'm not, I can't go back there. I can't go back there. It was that traumatic. I was back there the very next Saturday. I didn't want to be there. Do you understand? I didn't want to be there, but I had to be there because it was the only way I could get comic books. And I was like, we all might get murdered the next time I go in there. I don't know what's going to happen next. So I just want people to sort of appreciate the world you live in now. You can go on your phone. You can buy comic books, have them shipped to your house. Your mailman is not going to fall asleep and wake up covered in corn syrup and then abuse a five-year-old child and be murdered in front of you. So every time you see an Avengers movie, just thank me. You don't have to do it out loud, but thank the people who came before you and those of us that suffered. Thank you guys so much. That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.